0: What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name is Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam. My sister in law is in town, Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky ass hijinks and analysis. Adam, how's it
1: going, sir? Graham, I can't tell you how terrified I am. Where before Graham went on mic there, he was struggling to come up with a nickname for me, and he says, Oh, you could tell me if this is out of bounds or not. And then he starts it with, my sister-in-law, <laughs> like, probably, but then, yeah, that's fine, that's yeah, normal, my sister-in-law is in town, I yes. Know. I don't know if she wants to, you know, her whereabouts to be revealed or not. Well, that doesn't exactly, like, you know, give away her identity, plus, you know, who listens to this podcast, just a bunch of random dudes, and, well, your wife as well. Yeah. Um, maybe my mom, maybe, <laughs> maybe your mom. My mom hasn't listened in a while. She needs. She's Vivian. like. I, she's like.
0: I need to listen to the show. I'm sorry. That's I messed up. Vivian's I know. Been, on the I know. She's been on the podcast. And now she doesn't
1: even listen to us. She hasn't listened in uh, like a month. A well, it's probably because we don't have a sponsor anymore. Ooh. We don't feel legit. Yeah, it's a shame about that. So I get it, Vivian. We'll we'll let you know if we're ever sponsored yeah, again. That changes. I'm sure everyone misses the ads and all that.
0: Yeah, so, like and uh, gambling picks. Um. DraftKings sportsbook ads—they can't use. That's yeah. my favorite part about it. It's like we're, we're pitching DraftKings sportsbook. It's not legal in Georgia, thanks to Congress and the Senate and all those idiots over there. And uh, it's like one one our main user base can't use
1: this, so they're not gonna they're not gonna do anything. You've with explained it. that to me a thousand times, and you, you know how I do with you. Like I'll ask you a question, no. and then you'll respond. And sometimes I just don't listen to the response. Sure. So this might be one of those uh-huh. situations, but. People use DraftKings all the time. Don't you use DraftKings? Well, there's a difference between DraftKings Sportsbook and DraftKings. Got it. So DraftKings is legal. This, this it, feels familiar. It falls under
0: Daily Fantasy Sports. That's legal. Like, I do a lot of prize books now. That's legal. But DraftKings Sportsbook. So We were We were pitching
1: DraftKings we Draft Sportsbook. Draft, Sportsbook. Sportsbook.
0: And that's why always in those things, I'd be like, you can also do DraftKings. But it was like, there was no promo code for just DraftKings. Okay, it was for DraftKings That Kings makes Sportsbook. sense.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for that clarification, yeah. Graham. That... that no, I, I feel I feel good about that and I think it's going to stick with me this time. Yeah, I'm sure you'll ask that again in a couple of weeks and be like, ah, "What was the difference between draft kings and what?" Pretty sure I've asked sister-in-law husband <laughs> David <laughs> the exact same question probably once or twice as well. He's sure. he's a Actually, he's not a gambling guy. No. But he knows about gambling. I'm he sure. knows about gambling culture. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, we got a lot to
0: talk about on the show today, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I had a uh, one more aside, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, I was walking some dogs today, and this uh, this woman's yelling at me. Oh, no. Uh, from her car. And I'm like, oh, shit, what's going on? And so, like, my headphones are, like, airtight. Like, I can't hear anything, which I love. Um, but I see her yelling at me. I take them off. And I'm walking. These two dogs are both, like, one's, like, a chocolate lab. and The other one's, like, also a chocolate-colored, like, poodle. And she goes, hey, honey. I see that chocolate is your favorite color, and I was like, "Wow, interesting." Wait, because you had a chocolate poodle? Yes, and a chocolate and a chocolate lab. And she used the word chocolate. Chocolate, yes. Interesting. And She was a black woman. I, uh, I had a, she, had, and she was laughing. I was laughing. I was like, ah, "How do you <laughs> respond?" <laughs> I was like, I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I was just so <laughs> caught off guard. I'm so bad in these social situations where I'm like, I don't know people. And they're just yelling at me do you, randomly. Do you think
1: she was hitting on you?
0: I don't know. Or do you think it was just a funny scene? I think it was just a funny scene. Yeah, but who knows? I don't. I don't know. I just kept walking. Yeah, that's We're having a good one. But uh, it, was, it was quite. It was. She looked pissed off, and she was like, "Cause I couldn't hear her, but she was just like waving at me demonstrably." I was like, "What the
1: fuck?" Walking with those noise canceling headphones on the street—that could feels, be dangerous. That feels dangerous. Yeah. Well, I was on the sidewalk. Okay. You, you don't know if someone's. You, you get it. I'm watching my surroundings. I don't need to lecture. You. Yeah, I'm watching my surroundings.
0: Um, I haven't killed any dogs yet. Anyway, the Braves spring train starts this weekend. There's not a lot of storylines yet, but the biggest one that's come out is that uh in live B P. Strencer Strider was throwing something that resembled a curveball. He wouldn't come out and call it a curveball, but it had that, you know, twelve to six ish snap to it. Looked pretty good on uh the the videos that were taken by David Bryan and Mark Bowman. So And everybody was raving about it. Spencer Strider was keeping it pretty low key, though. He was like, I've been experimenting with grip change, you know, split uh, splitter, slurve, curve slider. You know, they're all kind of like merging together at this point. I'm just I'm just messing with the way I'm gripping the ball. So he wasn't as quick to call it a curveball or anything. But um, it was interesting to see that because I've always thought, you know, this, you know, Strider has primarily been a two pitch pitcher, fastball slider mixes in the change, but very rarely. And. We saw it a few times last year where it's like he relied so much on that fastball. And if it, if he wasn't getting enough velocity on it, it was, it was hittable. And so if he could develop a true curveball, that could take his game to the next level. He's already a great pitcher, but then he could become even better. Um you know, along with improving his uh, pre-existing pitches, but I thought that was an interesting development. I'm not going to wig out about it like a lot of people are. I mean, we remember Ian Anderson last year looked like he was unhittable. Mike Harris came out and said he's going to be unstoppable this year, and then he blew out his arm like a week later. So I'm not, I'm not going to get too excited about this. But it was it's interesting to note that he's been working on that in the
1: off season, obviously. Right. And I'll I'll give credit to Dave O'Brien who wrote that article. Um, I listened to his on the podcast. You know that I'm always pitching seven fifty five. They got the athletic dumped them so it's not seven fifty five is real anymore. It's now seven fifty five forever. <laughs> they're also yeah. currently independent. Oh like us. Maybe but, we should link up with but them. But they've got their business people like, you know, we got businessman uh correspondent John Galvin out there right. working some stuff for us. Yes. So they they're working some things as well, but currently they're independent just like us. Um, so he was talking about it just in theory, like the concept of, you know, Strider, ninety three percent of his pitches were Fastball or sliders last right, year. The right. other seven percent being the changeup. Right. But like his fastball rises. Yes. You know sliders right to left whatever. Right. So just having that pitch that's going to hold like look straight could go up could go down like we just add a whole other. It dimension. makes sense. Yeah. It's like going to make him. On un- I mean thirty eight percent strikeout rate last year could go up. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So it's it's exciting. He's such a smart guy too. Like he mm-hmm. embraces the analytics, and he's such a serious dude. Um, I think he,
0: but he's I mean, a goofball. He's a goofball. When he gets out on the mound, he's a. He maniac. takes his craft seriously. Like he, he looks like he's going to rip your throat out. Yeah. He, him and Freed have that bulldog killer mentality. Well,
1: it's what you're hearing about Chris
0: Sale as well. Yeah, Chris Sale sounds like an absolute maniac on the mound too, which is exactly what this team. We need more of that. We need more guys who are not going to take shit and just go for it. go for the jugular.
1: So I like it. I think we got a lot of that. And like the the young pitchers coming up are like, you got Freed to look after. Strider is young, obviously, but mm-hmm. like. Freed's like an elder statesman at this point. It's like Sale, <laughs> Morton, and Freed are the elder statesmen in the rotation. So for some of these young guys coming up to be able to like learn from them, it's like Morton um, was talking about how he, he's just like has such a different mentality as a human being when he's like on a pitching mound and he has to be like, so cognizant to not take that home. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even just like spring training first, like, you know, sessions, he's like feeling that already. So he's got to like, you know, pep talk himself down, get back to like being dad when he goes home. So it's, it's interesting to hear, hear all that. And like the fact that Chris sale is like probably that times 10 mm-hmm. from everything that, you know, people that have, Worked with him before, like Tyler Flowers is still with the Braves, caught him for a long time in Chicago. Um, and the, the guy's just intense, which is awesome. Yeah. And it's one of those things, too, where I think, you know, the people who are baseball fans are so starved for
0: baseball that we, we hear these little stories about, oh my God, he's got, Strider's got a curveball now, and Chris Sale looks really good, and live BP. And it's like, okay, let's. Well, we don't a, need to overreact to it. It is worth talking about, but it's not like, oh my god, he's gonna, you know, this curveball is gonna be featured all the time now, and it's gonna be his his second pitch or something. And Stroud even said like, hey, I'm a fastball slider guy. Like, I'm gonna try to mix this in, but this, these are my two main pitches. So
1: I think that's what's so great about baseball, though, is it's like all these like finer details that you can really like dive into of like, right? But you I guess, know, different pitches, your favorite like players are sure. throwing, but also who who's gonna be the guy to emerge from like absolutely out of nowhere right like has this guy learned something in the offseason it's like i feel like a lot of sports it's like yeah you can get better as a quarterback you can get a little better shooting but like you kind of know like physically what these guys are i don't know i I, I feel like like, baseball is like a, a charlie morton where like yeah he can like at 34 become a completely different player. That's not happening in
0: any other sport. Probably not, but I would say like, you know, Roddy White comes to mind where those first couple of years were rough and then he becomes an absolute beast number 1 receiver in year 3.
1: Right, but like a receiver all receive all good receivers in the NFL are doing the same thing. They're separating they're catching the ball. Yeah. But they're they, running. They're but improving like, their route you know, running. Pitching. It's like Strider coming in with a different pitch. It's yeah, just I, like, I see what you mean. They, like, they yeah. differ
0: so much. Right, so right. It's like in terms of the pure mechanics of it all, I guess. Right, is yeah. Saying. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm not – I'm trying not to get overhyped about anything. Because I was one of those guys last year that was like, I'm watching Ian Anderson. I'm freaking out about it. Um I remember in 2013, I went to spring training and saw Juan Francisco hit like five home runs. <clears> and I was like, holy shit. Juan Francisco is ready to be our starting third baseman he was off the team by June you know or July or whatever it was and uh, Chris Johnson was a full-time uh, third baseman at that juncture so it's like I don't know I'm trying to I remember last year like Schuster and Dodd were supposed to be the guys that were gonna be these young guns in the rotation then Elder comes out of nowhere and carries um you know that what would have been their spots in the rotation and becomes an all-star even though he flamed out later in the year it's just you I'm just saying, spring training is very deceptive,
1: and it, there's a tendency to overreact to things. Sure, right, a lot of the fans. this year's kind of unique, and there's like not a lot of battles for this team this year. Like, yeah, like left field is set, right. Shortstop, shortstop is, set. is set. Remember last yeah. year, those were two big storylines. Yeah. Um, like it's the bench. Yes, yeah, the bench, and I, is there a fifth starter battle? This I th- point, I think it's between. We brought in Ronaldo Lopez, who can be right. a, a flamethrower out of the bullpen and was dominant, but, like, you know, the Braves, when they signed him, they were, like, f- from the get-go saying, no, we want this guy to be a starter yeah. again, so I think it's between him and Elder for the fifth Probably. spot. And he, but the thing about Lopez is he's never really been a good starter
0: in the majors in a consistent level. He didn't get he didn't really improve his game until he went to the bullpen, so my money is on Elder uh, right now just based off based off that, but –
1: you yeah, know, it's, it's a good problem to
0: have. Though. Right, um, and as we not as nice many questions as last year. Yeah. I feel like. There. I
1: mean, as we know, like you start the year with five starters, but you really need nine to ten. Yeah, and I'm looking at a lot in this spring training. I'm
0: looking at um, Smith Shaver, A.J. Smith Shaver, and uh, Hurston Waldrop um, are the two guys I'm looking for in terms of pitching uh, to really make an impact in spring training because we're going to need those guys, and we saw what Smith Shaver could do. Last year, we see the velocity. We see the movement on his pitches. I think he can be a good pitcher. Hurston Waldrop uh, somehow went from, what, high A to triple A by the end of the season. It's, it's insane. It takes Sometimes it takes guys two, three, four years. He made it longer to get to that point. I mean, clearly he's got some killer stuff. Yeah, he, he sees a profile as like a new Strider kind of thing.
1: Well he's on yeah, that's the Strider track, right? I mean, and he's all I mean, Strider was fastball. This guy's is, is nasty sinker. Mm-hmm. Um, where he's like he is. I mean, we got John Smoltz. Like he, John Smoltz still like steps in and helps us out occasionally. Yeah. So like, if you can get this guy in front of John Smoltz as well, like. Crazy, because I'm sure there's, like, it's good now, but it could be even better. It's, like, right. an experimental pitch that, like, he's only been throwing for, like, a year and a half or two. And John Smoltz know? is helping him out with that. Well, they're, they're, like, I think it was another DOB article talking about how, like, Waldrop is anxious to meet John oh, Smoltz and, like, talk through some things right. a little more. Right, So, like, it's still, like, the, the dude, like, hasn't been pitching that long, and he's no. this good, so it's crazy. you got to feel good about that. Yeah, for sure. And he seems to be one of those just, like, untradable pieces. Yeah.
0: Um... So we'll see how it shakes out. Games start on Saturday. I think Braves play Tampa oh, that's Bay. That's exciting. Um, so we'll see what we're, what we're working with here going into the new year. But um, biggest thing for me, obviously, this season, like we talked about a little bit last week, is just finding a way to get around the Phillies. The Phillies, in my opinion, are the team to beat, and uh, it's not going to change until you. It's not going to change until the narrative is changed in the postseason. So.
1: Yeah, so you don't. I mean, you're not even going to care about regular season results. No, like if we against beat the, the shit out of the
0: Phillies in the regular season, like we did last year, I'm not going to care.
1: What if we get swept on the season against Philly? How we scared is like, like, and then we have to play them we, in the first we would round have again. To lose like twelve games against them. That's not going to happen. What if? Yeah, I'd be,
0: I'd be, I'd be, I'd be scared going into that. But I also be like, well, I guess we're fucking do. <laughs> At the same time. Yeah. I mean, Um, I'd prefer to lose every regular season game, obviously. Yeah, and then win in the playoffs. Uh, But it's this thing that everybody's talking about, the Dodgers and the Braves, again, like we have been for the last few years, or really four years at this point. But to me, uh, which was funny because, you know, these two teams over the last two years have lost in the division series in humiliating fashion, I would say, like where they just get their brains beaten in. So... It's funny that coming back into this year it's those two teams are still like the ones that everyone's talking about. No one's talking about Philly. Uh hell no one's I mean, I guess Arizona was kind of a, a miracle run last year to get to the World Series, but no one's mentioning them. It's all about Otani for the Dodgers and for us it's just about, you know, getting Chris Sale and how good everyone was last year and blah, 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 blah. But it's like I'm already tired of the off-season narratives, Adam. I'm oh. just I'm just ready to I'm just ready to see what happens because like the Phillies are lurking. They are dangerous and and they they own our asses right now. I got some good small
1: details for you, Graham, mm. to break up the narratives. You know who our backup first baseman is going to be this year? I heard Marcel is taking reps yeah, over there. He looks pretty
0: smooth over there. The Bear, yeah, taking taking reps at first base. I hope the only reason you would need to use him is in an emergency situation if Matt Olson's out, but that's that's interesting it's good to that have because it's not like so we a bench. don't have a backup well
1: it was all, it's been basically. austin riley right but but then yeah you got to move things around you got to think we had like we used to have a couple years ago we had like arcia as our right as like a backup but but you know and last year we had
0: nicky lopez but who is it this year
1: like really the best name is luis guillorme i remember him he's like an old mets guy yeah. so he like he can step in play second play short a little bit but it's not like a long-term option um And so that you got to have guys like Ozuna being a little more flexible, being able to play first base. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to like move Austin Riley over there and then put Guillaume at third or who the hell knows. But Anthopolis was interviewed this week, just like basically admitting, yeah, our bench is weak, but you got to think like we've offered guys, but they don't want to come here just because like we play guys every day. Right. It's, It's really one of
0: those. And especially without the pitcher hitting. Right, if you're on the bench, you ain't playing a, a lick unless someone gets hurt. Because, like, for whatever reason, we run our guys into <laughs> to the ground every year playing 155 games minimum, you know? Yeah.
1: So, I mean, he, he said, like, speed on the bench is, like, something they're really looking for. So that tells you... About Forrest. Forrest Wall yeah. is fourth outfielder. Right. Uh, which I'm all for. Ist. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I like him a lot. Um,
0: Obviously, you mentioned the speed is great, but, I mean... The, the, the you know I don't have the stats in front of me or anything but the times that he did get an at bat I remember he got a uh, hit or two in the playoffs last year. It's a solid little guy. He reminds me of the the kid on our old travel baseball team, David Purcell, but with it <laughs> fast. Yeah, uh, very very fast and very gritty. That's is, what you is, need. is, is a fourth wall.
1: outfielder. Yeah. Good defender. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, that's kind of like that's kind of really looking at yeah. in spring training. It's it hasn't even started and it's already like okay can we just start the season yeah is there Guess we got to see what the other like we'll dive in we got to see what our competitors are doing a little bit but i'm not there yet i'm not there yet either um
0: i'm yeah like i I was talking to my mom yesterday and she was like all you know mlb network they're all talking about otani's coming to camp and they're all freaking out and It's really criminal if you think about it how the Dodgers are able to do this with the deferred payments where Otani's only going to make $2 million a year. And then it's just, you know, the majority of the, like, 98% of that contract is going to come after the 10 years because of the deferred payments. It's just ridiculous. It gives them such an upper hand. It's criminal to me. I mean, I guess anyone could do that. Yeah. But who is going to do that? Like, you shouldn't, like, baseball needs to, I hate to sound like I'm a, socialist state or something, but baseball needs some regulation in terms of payroll. It's like the only league in America where there is no salary cap. There's no salary cap in baseball. It's insane.
1: And and teams can do all this other bullshit. I mean, you got to think, I mean, owners are only going to spend what they're making. Yeah, but the Dodgers just print money. It's so unfair. Well, you got to be smart. Like, I mean, Anthopolis was kind of like head of the pack with this whole, like give young players, money quickly so i'm sure this otani thing is just the next is the next thing yeah yeah. you know they're finding a way to innovate if you can get a player to do it but also it's like kind of unique situation where otani knows like i'm gonna make so much like from endorsements it's not even generally it's like that could feed like not even feed but just like imagine how many like schools could exist off like one year of otani's salary it's crazy so like yeah I don't understand the motivation. And I think, I think, and I think that's the point. His motivation at this point is just, I want to win a World Series. Exactly. So, so I'm, I'm going to give you, but I want to get what I'm worth as of well. Of course. But I'll, like, if we could find some creative way to do it, where yeah. you guys can still stack the rest of the team, yeah. And I that's mean, why they're able to get
0: Glass now on Yamamoto. I mean, it's going to be scary when you think about the Dodgers next year if Otani's recovered fully from his surgery and he can pitch. I mean, that's a terrifying rotation.
1: I'm not scared yeah, of the I know Dodgers. you're not scared
0: of them, <laughs> but I like the way they spend money. I'll give them that, even though they they can't finish in the playoffs worth the shit either.
1: So. I do respect them for the fact that they're not Boris guys either. We're not Scott Boris guys. They're not Scott There's Boris There's five guys. Scott Boris clients
0: still on the, the, free, the free agent market right now. Yeah. Bellinger and some other dudes. Um, uh, Blake Snell still out there. So we're getting away from the Scott Boris and going towards this new format. Right, this new model. Yeah. Yeah. Either sign your young guys to cheap extensions before they, you know, before they get to a point where you can't afford them, or find a way to find a superstar who can defer ninety eight percent of his payment until after you, the contract is over, or the playing time contract is over. It's insane, uh, but I, I do like that in the sense that you know, even though I'm also, I would prefer there to be a salary cap just so there's a little more parity in baseball. I also do like the the way that these teams
1: are innovating. I mean, that's a, um, that's another differentiator in baseball though like there's there's a lot of you know money nerds out there that like love that type of shit right so like that's you know basketball you work with this football you work with this baseball get creative
0: right right and it's
1: even cooler when like a team like a tampa bay or i mean arizona didn't have a big payroll last year they go to the world series you know yeah i mean you got to think like even like you know george costanza worked for the yankees you know, that's like a dream job that you hear about growing up. Sure. I want to work for so-and-so major league baseball team. You don't hear that as much for, like, an NBA team or an NFL team. Or maybe that's just my world. I think that's just your world. I live in a bubble right now. You literally now. live in a bubble. Uh, especially yeah. being off Twitter. Yeah, in America
0: uh, uh, baseball is not really America's pastime I the NFL rules all. We know this. Yeah,
1: but, like, working in an NFL front office, besides the Kevin Costner movie, mm-hmm. it's just, like, not as popular of a thing. A lot of movies suck, too. As, so. a <laughs> You know, Moneyball. Well, Moneyball is a great, great movie. movie. Great movie.
0: I watched it again uh, last year, and I was like, this is even better than classic. I remember. Yeah, it's, 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 it's so it's, good. It might, it might be the best baseball movie ever. And, and it's, a, it's like, you, it know, you know, all about movie. Billy
1: Bean and the creativity he had to do to work with what he had. Right. So, like, yeah. I think that's what's beautiful, too, to see, like, a team like the Rays, you know, be able to compete with. Teams like the Dodgers yeah. consistently
0: year in and year out. Oh, yeah. You look at the Orioles last year. You know, they just had all these people. You know, they just sucked for years, but they drafted well. And they had these incredible, these incredibly talented young rosters. Like every other week, they were calling up some guy who was top 10 prospect in baseball. They had like seven of them last year. It's incredible. That's another thing. Farm systems. Yeah, farm systems. Baseball's system. just great. Yeah, there's they, no NFL farm system. There's the G League, but that sucks. That sucks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Baseball's the best It's what you gotta do yeah. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta grind You gotta work your way up Through right. the minors Before and, you're there
0: And no one gives a shit About the Major League Baseball draft It happens like During the season And then these guys You're not gonna see these guys For like three or four years It's such <laughs> it's a, a unique It's a unique sport Unless, you're, unless you're the Braves then You might see them A year and a half Right Right We're so good at developing Our, our talent um, I think that's it for baseball um, The Hawks have been off Since the All-Star oh. break <laughs> Uh, Trey Young did compete in the three-point contest and uh, came in second to Dame Willard. I didn't watch it live. I think here's a strategy for anyone who wants to enjoy the All-Star Weekend festivities. Uh,
1: For next year. For next year. People need to take notes. For next year. Set a reminder. Yeah, set a reminder in the calendar.
0: So I watched the Slam Dunk contest and the three-point contest in 30 minutes or 35 minutes or something. That's how long there actually was of people shooting threes or doing dunks. And how long was air time for that? It was that? like four hours or something. That's or absurd. Th- I mean there was, uh, something crazy like that. But I mean I just waited till the next day and then YouTube I didn't look up who won, YouTubed it and
1: enjoyed myself. I mean Hugo right now over in California screaming because that's how he watches every single Atlanta Braves game. He does the same thing. So you sit there you watch a four hour baseball game Hugo binges it usually you know, 10 p.m. California time. Uh-huh. So he gets the whole game in much shorter. Although maybe just gets the highlights, though. Yeah, you can't really watch the full game like that. I bet you can. Well, you can do it on, like... But just, like, the outs.
0: Yeah, like we do... Or hits, or right. whatever. Yeah, like the big highlights. You don't have yeah, to watch sure. all the balls. Yeah, and... but that's part of the grind of the game. Baseball is a grind. <laughs> Even when you're watching it, you're like, God damn, this takes a while. Even with the new pitch clock and everything. Well, I love how this started you're with basketball talk, and now we're yeah. back to baseball. Well, you're still dedicating two and a half to three hours of your time to, to watch it. But it's also like the excitement comes when the excitement literally comes yeah. because there's so much downtime in baseball that when there's a big hit or a big strikeout or something, it's like, oh, okay. It was it was building all to this, and that's what makes it a, a, a special game. It's theater. Whereas with the three-point contest, it's like, I just want to watch Trey Young shoot some threes. And you see that. And then you don't need to so, see
1: analysis. You don't need to see any bullshit. So he – I did watch also just the YouTube – recap but it was just of the finals so is that special that he made it to the finals did he do anything good
0: yeah i mean he was like he had 26 in the first round which was it was a four-way tie and there were like eight people going i think and then um he beat Carl Anthony Towns and some other folks in the second round, and then Dame Lillard beat him by like so two two points or something in, in, okay. the, in the final so round. He was so
1: close. he was the runner up. So, so that's so, that, that's his Super Bowl. Yeah, it's his Super
0: Bowl this year. So that, that, was, that was kind of fun. The dunk contest was okay. Um, Mac McClung won again. The guy. It, it's, what's crazy about the dunk contest now is that a guy who's not even in the NBA has won it two years in a row. Mac McClung is from the Oskala Magic. Oh, he doesn't even play. No. He's not even a bench guy. No, he's not even in the NBA. He, he's in the G League, and the G League guys winning, which is cool. He was better than everybody. He's a, he's a great dunker. Um, but it just shows how much the slam dunk contest has fallen. Wait, can and he not dribble or something? How does he? I, I don't know. He's he very d- short. But he, he's got, like, ups like a madman. He, like he, he was definitely the most creative dunker. must not be a very good shooter must not be i, I don't know what his issue is in terms of overall player but it just shows how far the slam dunk contest has fallen because like after that alexa and i watched the dominique versus michael jordan 1988 slam dunk contest and it's like you had dominique michael jordan spud webb clyde drexler you know all these guys that are like and a few other people i don't i hadn't heard of but you know they were well-known nba players in their time and it's like now we've got Abby Topin's brother, who I don't even know, I can't remember his name, Mac McClung, and a couple other people I, I don't really know. It's like there's no stars in the in the slam dunk contest. You know, it makes you not want to watch it. You watch those guys in 1988,
1: the way they throw the the ball down. It's like that was basketball, man. But it's it's gone. Like the last like probably six to seven years, I think John Collins killed it when he put those like he murdered not not in a good way. Like he ruined the slam dunk competition when he put on those stupid 1920s aviator like oh yeah flying goggles yeah. and tried to jump over a plane yeah and didn't do it successfully right. that's what it was just like they're like everyone has done every dunk let's just get stupid and like everyone's jumping over at least one person i saw yeah. someone jumped over two people We're like i'm thinking even like josh smith slam dunk that was sick and he was just throwing it down hard he he doesn't have goggles on like the the most creative thing he did was like he was like the first one to wear like a dominique jersey right while dunking And
0: i don't like the fashion statements that people do like uh jalen brown kept like he put on a michael jackson glove then he had someone get a dominique jersey on to like throw in the ball and it's like he was still just doing like a windmill every time i was like this is so stupid uh i didn't enjoy it but like about like I don't know, seven eight years ago, like Aaron Gordon put on a great slam dunk contest. I don't know if you remember that. Like he did a lot of really creative dunks. He was throwing balls off like the side of the backboard and like double clutch and reverse and three sixteen and stuff. It was very very cool. But and then the uh, but the slam dunk contest isn't as good as it was. The uh, All Star game itself, I didn't watch a second of. But I heard it sucked. Um, yeah, it's I- like two ninety five to.
1: 220 or some a, a insanity silver was like very adamant going into it that... like everybody needs to play defense and no one gave a shit yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> was... i love how they're interviewed afterwards too it's like well what, what happened it's like well you know guys are happy beer and they just want to like you know they want to rest they want to have a good time and i was like well just don't play the game like like if this is what we're watching it, it's just don't like for me as a consumer i don't i don't
1: watch all-star weekend again it used to be appointment ba- viewing back to baseball like you know And the numbers show this, baseball has the best all-star weekend. For sure. Without a doubt. The Pro Bowl is a joke. It's flag
0: football. No one gives a shit. The NBA is a joke. It's a glorified shoot-around. And at least with baseball, people are trying and uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter anymore either. It used to be whoever won National League or American League would become or would have a uh, home field advantage in the World Series. They got rid of that, which I think is a, a really good decision because it's just supposed to be an exhibition. And that's exactly what it is. It's an exhibition. It's usually pretty exciting, and people are actually trying.
1: The point of this podcast is that the guys that used to be a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network are a baseball podcast. We are, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Primarily, we are a baseball podcast. Uh, but yeah, the, I would say excited
1: about the Falcons. Yeah. I just hate the Hawks so much right now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've never heard you be this negative about the Hawks. Um, but I'd rather suck and like watch AJ Griffin, right? And be like excited about the future. Mm-hmm. You can't be excited about a future right now. Yeah, it's tough to be excited about the future. We have, we have too many good players to be this bad. And it's like, well, but they're not
0: good enough to be good. Right.
1: We're not going to, we're that's not going to, we're not going to, we're wasting some talents. We don't have like, I mean, we have Jalen Johnson, but he's not going to be the next LeBron. No. So like, what are we doing? Yeah. At least I, I just miss, I'm the only guy and that you my favorite, Josh Smith. I, I miss Josh Smith <laughs> and Joe Johnson. Josh Childress. Like
0: <laughs> Chilly. Uh, Royale is, Ivy. Uh, who is the psychopath? Ivan Johnson. Ivan Johnson. Zaza Pachulia.
1: Um... You
0: gotta love your boy Zaza for sure. Of
1: course, Zaza. Like I just it goes without shine, bro. I just missed that whole era yeah. so much. I missed that 2014, 2015 well, that, team. That was the all. They were a little too good for me. I'm like, oh, are you I'm kidding? A, I'm a, that was I mean, the best Hawks team ever. Exactly. Yeah, we're uh, so excited. I'm a few years. I like the build up. To like that. Yeah, I like okay. seeing some potential and being able to say, oh man, a couple years from now yeah. we're going to be so good and it's going to be so fun to watch. Like Josh Smith in year four. But Josh Smith never took off. Joe Johnson was never as good as he, you know, as we wanted him to be. Josh Smith couldn't shoot that great. And it was always like no. Every
0: right. time he shot a three pointer, it was the, hilarious.
1: He was so stubborn. It was great.
0: I was like, dude, every time you drive to the hole, no one can stop you. Just do that. Post up, bang in the post, or get the ball and cross someone over and dunk it's like he made that look so easy that it became so frustrating watching him take three pointers when I mean, it it made he made that look so hard and the results bore that it's very frustrating the Hawks are just a, at the end of the day they're a frustrating franchise they have flashes they have moments you know we had our moment with the 2014-2015 we had our moment with the 2020-21 team and that's really it and then the Hawks when they should have won a championship when Michael Jordan was retired traded Dominique in the middle of the season I mean it's just it's a like, it's a legacy of failure, for the most part. Just like the the, the Falcons. Thank God we had the Braves. And the United. And the United. At least they made the playoffs last year. Give them so, that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um. Oh, and Trey was interviewed at the All Star Game about his future and the trade rumors that are going on. Uh, apparently, Mark Stein reported. NBA reporter said that Trey might be traded in the office in the in the summer. Like you won, Adam. And. Uh, he was asked about that. He's like, you can't control, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. This isn't an exact quote, but it's like, you can't control what happens. Uh, you know, some people get traded to a team and then win a championship. Some people are lucky to be drafted and stay with the team for a while and win a championship, but trades happen in this league. You know, I like to be here, but we'll see what happens. You know, it was very noncommittal. It, it, it showed me that like, maybe he's getting to a point where his, uh, bullshit level has been breached where he, he's kind of maybe thinking that, that he could be traded. He's yeah, the so writing something. on the wall. Yeah, potentially.
1: Listened to our podcast last week.
0: Yeah, he was like, I've listened to Atlanta Zone. This guy's
1: smart. You know, they're so much more free now that they're an independent podcast. Yeah, not, exactly. Not weighed down by the Pigskin Podcast yeah. Network. Never liked the Pigskin Podcast Network. Right? Yeah, he <laughs>
0: talked a lot about us. And I was like, hey, this interview's about you, man. We don't need to appreciate the shout-out.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah. I, I feel you, man. I feel you. He, yeah, he, it's rough. I'm sure you're as
0: frustrated as me. I can't imagine how frustrating it is. I mean, he's playing the best basketball of his life, and this is and this is where we are. We are the seed right now. Yeah. But at the same time, as a leader, you know, Quinn, Quinn, Quinn Snyder talked about this. It's like, we have to step up. Um, he was talking, I can't remember, someone on the radio. But he was basically saying, like, we got to step up as a team. and we got to commit to things and, st- you know, not tolerate not competing. Like, you, you just can't do that. We have to yeah. make a commitment to things. And and I was nice. like, well, why can't we do this? Like, I know you're... Like I, I don't understand uh, at this point. We've had three coaches and it's kinda of like the same results for the most part outside of the anomaly of the twenty twenty one Eastern Conference Finals run. It's the same sort of effort, same underachievement with
1: this collection of players. I feel like what it's they It's more need, on the personnel at this what point. What they need to do is during this break, go down to the LA Fitness and <laughs> Buckhead, not the NBA healthcare center. North Lake, like just go to a few different LA fitnesses. Scout out Kyle Corver, you can do this. Just scout <laughs> out scout out the games. And just look for that like forty-two-year-old balding man who is just strong as hell and screaming at people and sign him to ten, to ten play defense. Contract. Sign him to play defense. Yeah. Yes. And just get blown by and embarrassed even more and so. And also than no, where no, because he's gonna bang with people, yeah. a la Ivan Johnson, uh-huh, and he's gonna yell at his teammates when they're being soft. And that's what we need. Yeah, we, we do
0: need someone to come in and just stir the pot up. I don't think we need to do exactly what you're saying, but we need to get somebody in here, which would have been nice if we could have done, you know, like you are talking about last week, like why didn't we trade Capella? I mean, Bogdanovich, for God's sake, why couldn't we trade in him? He's still, he could help a contender as a three-point guy off the bench. He's You know, he's been up and down this year, but he's still valuable enough, I think, to trade to get something at this point. But it's like, yeah, we we should have done something where we could have gotten rid of, Bogdanovich or Capella and just gotten a draft pick or something and uh, an older bench guy could come in and be a Vince Carter type as a sage to come in and really help people and hold people accountable. We have no one on the team that does that anymore. DeJounte <laughs> doesn't even really do that anymore. I know DeJounte was kind of doing that last year when John Collins was falling off and not being as uh, as much as the emotional leader. We don't really have anyone to, that, that challenges people and holds people accountable. I was watching a video
1: from barstool sports where uh bobby portis jr from the bucks yeah who you know love him like that's the type of guy we we'll that's a banger he was he was <laughs> playing a one-on-one game against jersey jerry mm-hmm. i'm not sure if you're familiar with jersey jerry not familiar with jersey he's jerry. A, a short slow portly white guy from jersey uh-huh. you know eats a lot of slices right. um I've seen him play way too many holes of golf. He's terrible. Is he a personal no, sports person? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but Jersey Jerry, uh, playing one on one with him, and Jersey Jerry was begging with Bobby Portis. Like he was determined <laughs> and he was like trying so hard. And I think the Hawks should sign Jersey Jerry. <laughs> like, we can't, I would. I'm love, glad you're not in control in the front row. I would love Bobby, but I think it'd just be like, all right, guys. You this see, is how much of a joke we you think you watch, are. We're gonna sign this watch guy. this guy begging against Bobby Portis Jr. Watch you guys just like letting guys march through, yeah. and score hundred twenty five points on you nightly. Right, we are signing Jersey Jerry, yeah. and he's our starting power forward. Oh my God. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Greg. That's where you're at. Yeah, at least it'd be entertainment. I guess. You know how many eyes would be on, on State Farm Arena if yeah, Jersey, yeah, Jersey Jerry? <laughs> <planet>. <laughs> is our is our is our starting four? You know what's I'd the, be stoked. You in, know,
0: yeah. You know what? The most frustrating part about going to the State Farm Arena is uh, we've been going to a few games recently. Is they do an amazing intro, like incredible. On the big board and everything. There's just this whole. I know you haven't been to a Hawks game in like seven years, but.
1: But basketball, no, basketball, like, intros in general are, are the best. So good. And it's just all these really
0: great. Whoever directed it did a fantastic job. It's all these really cool shots of like Trey, DeJounte, DeAndre Hunter, Capella, Bogdanovich. And it's all like cut together really well. And it's always just, there's just chant in background, just people just going A, T, L. And it's just like edited. Like in the A, you see like Trey doing a cool layup. The T's like Capella yelling at you. The L is like. You know, cuts to the of it, shooting the three, and it's just, like, all this hype, and it just builds and builds and builds, and the flames come out uh, of, you know, of the, above the, the, the backboard, and the, the video's going nuts, and it just builds, and it's like, man, if we were good, I would be so hyped right now. Like, it's this amazing intro video.
1: Mm.
0: And uh, the pyrotechnics, like I mentioned, are just, like, you feel the heat. We were in the upper deck. I was like, man, I'm on, I'm on fire. Like, I'm ready to go. And then you just remember the team is just not... Is underachieving.
1: And then you see the defense for the first five right. minutes. And it's but like then,
0: oh. that was the thing that was so frustrating. Like that night we beat
1: the Suns. It's like we beat a good team.
0: So they can be ah, good. They, they can do it. I mean, Maybe he, they can get something all right, going.
1: All right. Let me let me bring back optimistic Adam. Yeah, bring back because like you were like me
0: normally last week. I was like, Jesus.
1: Yeah, no. Um this team could win ten games in a row. They have the talent. They could. They won and all, four. And all it takes is one 10-game winning streak. Just, yeah, just going and, to run. And you're in it. Big time.
0: You are, because, I mean, you think about it. We're, like, two games behind Chicago. We're only, like, four games behind, I think, the – or I think we're five and a half behind the sixth seed, which is a lot in the NBA, but it's, like, things can happen.
1: So let me, like, preach this directly to our best player on the Hawks, who I know listens to this podcast <laughs> weekly. <laughs> When you know when we get around to posting an episode, um, Man, we post weekly, like you guys could win ten games in a row and be back in the thick of things, and damn it, Jersey Jerry, that's all it's going to take. It's just ten in a row. You guys are a top eight seed, and you can win the championship, Jersey. That's all you got to do. Okay, <laughs>
0: Jersey Jerry's already on the team. Oh, I you mean, think about it too. The Heat, we're in the plan around uh, last year hell we beat them and then the heat go to the nba finals stranger things have happened
1: exactly yeah so there's some hope for you yeah maybe we'll see um moral of the podcast we like baseball sure we miss the old hawks yes and we hate the current hawks
0: <laughs> we don't hate the current hawks we're just disappointed in them i would say At least sa- for me we're sad about it we're them. sad about it i'm sad yeah i'm i'm sad too uh, last little bit of news NFL stuff uh, Justin Fields went on Amon-Ra St. Brown's podcast and his other and his he does it with his brother I I, I always forget Amon-Ra's brother the Lions receiver man everyone's got a podcast now Everyone's was a brother and everyone's got a podcast <laughs> if you're a, if you're a NFL player it seems like and uh, I basically asked him like hey man what's going on with you with your situation and Justin Fields apparently unfollowed the Bears on Instagram he also followed Bijan Kyle Pitts and Drake London, which made everybody freak out, being like, oh, he's going to come to the Falcons. And it's like, just because shit happens and social media It's never happened before. Yeah, but he, he pretty much, long and short of it, said he's tired of sort of the hype and the speculation and all this stuff. He's like, either, like, let's ride or trade me. That's sort of where I'm at. And I think, which I understand the feeling, but I don't think you should go on a podcast and say that. Because, one... That diminishes your trade value, I think, a little bit, being like there's this inner turmoil going on. Like we talked about last week, like the Bears GM was saying, like, he had, you know, he, he was basically praising fields and driving that. I don't know if he was really driving up the asking price for him because it, it's pretty clear the Bears want to get Caleb Williams. Um, that, that's what's going to happen, probably. But I don't know. I just don't like Aaron, you know, in, in-house business on a on a podcast.
1: I mean, I think it's somewhat fair in the fact that the like the rumors are out there, and yeah, it's just that's true. it's been non it's, like it's been this. nonstop rumors for two years. Yeah, it's not like he started. This. He that's wants fair. to be the guy, right. and just like it's like with John Collins getting dragged around for three years. Yeah, it's like trade rumors for John Collins every year. So yeah. I mean, but who knows? Like, I guess if internally they haven't like ever come to you and been like you're not our guy, then just assume you're the guy, right? And, cut out the rumors which are generally bullshit anyways sure like all of this they we're not getting justin fields these rumors are too hot my rumor radar is it's just it's schooling. turned on now yeah, yeah like yeah. it is one of those things like everybody's I would, linking us to i would almost everybody. guarantee you we do not we're have not justin fields
0: it. I think we're going to not get Justin Fields and draft Marvin Harrison Jr. We're going to move up and draft <laughs> Marvin Harrison Jr. In the, at, at, at number three. And we're, we're riding with Desmond Ritter. And we're riding with Desmond Ritter. That's, that's what I think. Yeah, no. I wouldn't be surprised if we draft Harrison at this point. We figure out a way to do it. And it would just be the dumbest thing in the world to me. But it, I don't know. And that's one of those things, too. It's like everybody's also going on and on about how Justin Fields has been not the best quarterback in the world over the course of his career. He's a horrible record. Completion percentage is like 60%, which isn't great for a starting NFL quarterback you expect to be top tier. But I think a lot of that is due to just, you know, changing coordinators, horrible offensive line, bad receivers until this year. And he didn't really play well to me. I mean, he was a great runner, but in terms of being like a quarterback, being able to throw and move in the pocket yep. and make things happen, I saw enough this year to make me think, okay, he can do it, and he's still young enough. This is only going to be his fourth year. I mean, if the Falcons have the opportunity to do this, I am for it. I think, I think, I'm either between him or Daniel. If you can't move up to get Jane Daniel from LSU, get Justin Fields. I don't want 37 year old Kirk Cousins with, recovering from Achilles uh, tear that you're gonna have to pay. million a year. I don't want old-ass Russell Wilson, even though he had a decent year last year, coming in here and just sort of uh, running out the clock and being like sort of a stopgap thing. I want a guy who's going to come in here and lead this franchise from the quarterback position for the next 10-plus years. That is what I'm looking for. Anything else is unacceptable.
1: And your answer to that is a guy who's lost for three straight years? For Fields? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think, but I think he can he can come here and be in a really good situation. I think this offense suits what he can do really well. The way the offense is put together, uh, in terms of the strategy of the offense, in terms of personnel, him working with Bijan in London, that's that's magic. Hopefully, he gets Pitts going. Hopefully, we can get a decent number two receiver in here.
1: I think quarterback, like the guy's a winner. Like a CJ Stroud could come into any situation and be a winner, or he's not. Fields hasn't proven to be a winner. No, I don't, I don't but think, that, also, I don't think that's the, the teams he's been on.
0: They haven't been very good. I'd almost rather have Baker Mayfield. You, so, you have to pay Baker Mayfield probably like $35 million a year or 40000000 million. You're going to do that? I, I don't know if it'd be that
1: much. That's apparently what a lot I want. I wouldn't give up more than a fourth for Fields.
0: That's never going to happen. They're going to want a two.
1: Well, I don't think they're going to get a two. I don't think so. No. Yeah.
0: Now with the way you watch him play this. This is also me season?
1: Me after just talking about the Hawks. So, I'm very pessimistic right okay. now. So what? A, so
0: what do you want to do at quarterback? Who's who's the guy that sticks out to you the most in terms of who you want? It could be a college guy, it could be an NFL guy.
1: got th- your I, head. I think yeah, the one of the rookies, either Daniels or the kid from Michigan.
0: You want JJ McCarthy? He can't throw the ball.
1: He's won a lot, though.
0: He's won a lot, but it's been because of the running game. You're getting the Ryan Tannehill kind of guy with him. I think. That's all we need. I don't think that's all we need. We need a guy who can. We don't need a, 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 a Trent Dilfer in this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe
1: we do. Bijan.
0: I mean, we got a lot. We got a lot of, we got got a lot of weapons. He, we do have some weapons. I, I don't want McCarthy, but McCarthy will be there at eight if we don't do anything. So I mean, it's a possibility.
1: What about trade back to like fifteen? Take McCarthy at fifteen. Mm-hmm. pick up another second round pick get two defensive linemen in the or, second round Yeah mm. how do you feel about that I don't I just don't want
0: Jamie McCarthy under any circumstances okay. I do like the idea of getting more defensive linemen but I want my I want the reason also why I'm kind of hot on fields is that if you get fields that sets you up to draft a defensive end at 8 You probably don't have to move out you probably not have to lose any draft picks but, I mean you're going to lose draft picks cuz of fields yeah. but you're not going to lose you're first. You can't give up a first round pick for fields, I don't think. If we just get fields but don't extend them, that's an option, right? Yes, you would have him this year and you could also exercise his fifth year option. Okay, so we're not like pot committed to this guy. Not completely, but they're probably, if they got fields,
1: they would probably want to figure that out, I would think. I don't think you make a move like that. We'll see. You just mean, you got to gotta, you think. I mean, I guess like he was at Georgia. Not a starter at Georgia. I mean, he had success at Ohio State, he obviously, did. but didn't win there. He got to the the, the final, right? But, but didn't win at all. He didn't win at all, but he, he showed some balls. Like his he beat showed, your alma mater. He showed spurts in Chicago, Yeah, but not consistent. No. After three years. Three years is a lot of years for quarterback. It is.
0: He's taken a lot of hits you think especially when he was just more so run first because his offensive line was so bad and he had no receivers i mean he would run like there were games he ran for like 150 170 yards like 16 attempts or something yeah, I, but i saw this year he wasn't doing that as much he wasn't he was still running but he he was using his he was really using the pieces around him he was more accurate and he could still move when he needed to. Yeah,
1: I mean, at the end of the day, I, I'm the guy who like still there's a 25% of me that thinks Desmond Ritter could be a decent quarterback. Oh my god, 25%. How about like two? How well, is that 25 I'm, I'm, at this point? Because he's he's played a third of the time that Fields has played. Yeah. So like, if he has three years of development, who knows? I'm but not. You, I'm not saying it? I'm not saying he's our guy, Graham. Okay. I'm saying is I, I will leave the door open that Fields could be the guy. Okay. I could turn a lot of people's people into a guy. I know you could. But I'm just feeling sad about things right now. Sure.
0: I understand. Yeah. You're in the February. It is a horrible time for sports right now. You think about it, All we're doing is speculating about Spencer Strider's curveball <laughs> and who's going to be our quarterback. I'm just making up trades. You're that. making up trades. Uh, and we're lamenting the Hawks' current situation. So well, we managed to do it for 50 minutes, That's which pretty is pretty good. impressive. Yeah. Hopefully, it was at least entertaining. Uh, to you guys out there, but we'll wrap this puppy up and we'll see you next week. Hopefully, something's happened because I remember like last year, I think the whole DJ Moore trade, the Panthers got Bryce Young, with the Bears. I think that happened like during the com- combine, which I think is next week or right before it. So, something could happen with Fields next week potentially.
1: We'll Adam, see, you, Graham Adam doesn't look too excited. We'll see, you, Graham. <laughs> I just don't believe any rumors ever. Like we're gonna our quarterback's gonna end up being like CJ Stroud. Or Deshaun Watson. I don't know. Well that's two very different outcomes. If somehow we got CJ Stroud I'd freak out. Point is name a random quarterback it could be your guy. That no one else has mentioned. Yeah. That's our quarterback. Maybe if Alex Anthopolis was the GM. Uh, we, we we're gonna end up getting the the kid from New York. I'll, I'll put it on Jamie record. Da- Daniel Jones. No. Daniel Jones is gonna be no, our quarterback because the Giants God. like they draft before us. They take a quarterback. No. We trade for Daniel Jones. That's that's my prediction. All right. I feel pretty good about that. I feel actually. good about that. He's yeah. getting excited.
0: He his chair. He's <laughs> yeah. smiling. The head, he looks like a bobblehead over there.
1: If this comes true, I don't know. We'll shake hands.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very wholesome. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Hope you're well. Until then, rise up for the A. Unite and Conquer. Remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality soap. Hospitality soap.